Hi, everyone, and welcome to Talent Talks. I'm Rob Adams. On this episode, we are excited to be joined by Jim Zaniello, president and founder of Vetted Solutions, as well as Dr. James Pogue, who is the CEO of JP Enterprises. Mr. Zaniello and Dr. Pogue join our show to discuss diversity, equity, and inclusion. These two leaders will discuss the importance of having an inclusive culture and will discuss some of the challenges and successes that they have seen when it comes to DEI initiatives. Jim and James, welcome to the show. Nice to see you both. Hey there, Rob. Good to see you too. Thanks for having us, Rob. Well, you're both enthusiastic on this topic, and let's face it, we should all be enthusiastic about this topic. With a lot to cover, let's dive right in. And I'll just throw it open to both of you. We'll get our comments, and we'll go from there. How, how do leaders initiate or develop strategies to reach DEI goals and values that they promote? Well, uh, let me jump in first on this one, Rob. It's a great question. And I think that when you are starting starting to initiate or starting to develop strategies, the first thing, kind of thing you have to do is what are the strategies going to be pointed at? And, and I think that it's important to realize that in the world of DEI, oftentimes people start with this idea of race and gender as their kind of primary components. But we have to remember that diversity is all of the things about you and I that make us similar or different. And while there are some pieces that have more impact, all of the components that have more or more impact aren't the ones that every organization should focus on. It can get overwhelming. There's something we call the Dibs Big Nine, and that is these big uh, areas of diversity that are more impactful in our lives than others, race and gender and sexuality and age and politics, religion, geography, differing abilities and socioeconomics. Uh, we strongly recommend that you take a look at those as a starting point and then identify as a leader which slice of that applies to your organization today. And you're not going to get you all of it every day, but what are the ones you should be focusing your time and resources and energy on? The second is then to get your team on board. You should have a leadership strategy session and say, hey, team, where are we? Where should we be facing? Where's our direction that we ought to go? And then how fast can we get there? Right. What is our what is our intentionality? What is our appetite for change? And what is driving that? Is it internal uh, uh, concerns or is it outside environmental uh, uh, entities? And then begin to level set around that and then come out with a strong uh, approach to how you're going to do it, recognizing you will not, you will not, you will not be able to do it all. But you must, you must, you must do something. In the absence of leaders leading, things don't get done. So you have to do something. Yeah, I think uh, once the CEO has established sort of their vision, their strategy in this area, they've got to be exceedingly transparent throughout the organization. Right? It's got to be something that's talked about on a very regular basis in all aspects of the organization. That includes starting at the sort of beginning of the organization, recruiting the right talent into the organization and having truly the most inclusive lens uh, as you begin that recruitment process. And that second voice you heard, everyone, that's Jim Zaniello and Dr. James Pogue was the first one to speak and uh, wonderful responses from both of you. What are some of the challenges that you are facing in finding diverse leaders and what are the key pain points so I don't know that any organization should have a tough time finding diverse talent, but in order to achieve that, they've got to design a very inclusive outreach process, right? We can't rely on just posting it on our website or LinkedIn or somewhere else. 
we really, each organization should have a very focused effort on how to tell the story of their organization in this opening in the marketplace. It's proactively reaching out to alumni of the firm uh, or of the organization. It's proactively engaging champions of the organization who may not have worked there before. Uh, and then it's thinking differently about all of the populations within your community and how to reach out to them. It's a virtual or a global search. <clears throat> I think there are separate strategies we'd engage in there, but it starts with a truly inclusive recruitment strategy where you tell the story of your organization and the position in very different ways and in very different places than you probably have before. James? Sure. I mean, and Jim and I have had some really great conversations about this. And so you get an inside view on, on some of the depth of conversation that we've had. For example, you know, Jim kicked off by saying, you know, that, that most organizations shouldn't have a, this uh, challenge finding a diverse leaders, right? But if so, are they the kind of leader who is at the place in their lives where they're comfortable being the first one or the only one? everybody's not in a place where they can do that. You're wrapped in this interesting skin or you have a particular lifestyle or you have a particular differing ability and you're going to be the first one. Are you okay with that? Uh, everybody's not. And so while I may be out there as a quote unquote, uh, a great diverse and inclusive candidate, I may not be comfortable coming to your organization and being the first leader that you've had. So there's a difference between whether or not I am out there as a candidate, as a diverse candidate, and whether or not I am, am prepared to go and be in that space because the organization uh, hasn't uh, lived a life that has allowed me to be the second, third or fourth or fifth one. I would be the first. The second is how prepared is that organization to receive the candidate that's out there? That takes the internal work, and that's the kind of work that can happen way before you get this quote-unquote diverse candidate that's going to come on board. You can start on that today or yesterday or tomorrow. And so beginning that process so that you're in a place where you can welcome in this leader and demand of them that they be excellent at their job, in, in, a, in a way that doesn't require that they have to lead diversity first, because that, that, that's mm. not why they're hired to begin with. They're hired because they're doggone good at their job. The, the, the next is just to ensure that uh, committees are prepared to ask the better questions. Uh, it's, it, there's an idea around, you know, this making sure that we're clear the difference between diversity and inclusion and asking questions that are more about what is your ability to lead inclusively as opposed to tell us a story about your diversity. I mean, the, how am I supposed to know that a candidate has a differing ability? That a candidate is, has a, has a vision challenge or a hearing challenge or that they have a, uh, a, a, a relationship with, let's say, autism in some kind of way. How am I supposed to know that? That's what some of these invisible, uh, differing abilities that folk talk about. And as I mentioned in this listing of diversity, uh, components, some of them you just would never see, like someone's religion, for example. How am I supposed, how are you supposed to know that? So designing, uh, helping the search committee design a process and ask better questions so they can ask is this leader the kind of inclusive leader that they are looking for, as opposed to are they just wrapped in interesting skin? Right. I think that is a, uh, a low ceiling, a low bar for uh, search committees to have reached. And we need to uh, push them, help them, encourage them to go beyond. So discuss the importance of establishing an inclusive culture within an organization. How do you get leaders to buy into a culture and to promote that culture throughout the organization? 
Well, Jim kicked, kicked off this uh, uh, response to this earlier by, you know, talking about how you engage in this. I would just add to it that as your as leaders are trying to get a hold of it, to break it into bite-sized digestible chunks. You know, leaders are bright. They are motivated. They are dedicated. I, I always make the assumption people are really good people trying their best to do the right thing. And it's our job to help them uh, get better. And in this case, I don't want you to have to try to digest a whole world of diversity, equity, inclusion. Instead, let's break it into pieces that you can um, digest in a meaningful way. It is unfair to ask a leader to eat an entire elephant at once. It is absolutely fair to tell them that eventually you need to eat the whole thing, right? But strategically, you have to take the right bite at the right time. The next is I think you have to be kind. We, we have to be kind and set very high expectations for leaders, but be kind. Uh, uh, be transparent, as Jim said. I've heard this phrase, uh, radical transparency. I'm not sure exactly what that means. I do know what transparency means. But it, So just be transparent with your progress. Be transparent with your challenges and please be transparent with your successes so we can learn from all of that. Last piece is to develop some some viable, meaningful and clear key performance indicators, KPIs. Sometimes you need cooperation from outside help in order to make sense out of that. But to do that and then to tie it, pause here for effect, tie it to executive evaluations. KPIs must be tied to the highest level of evaluation, perhaps, dare I say, compensation for things to get done. Leaders aren't doing it. It don't get done. What a phenomenal answer. I'm still think I'm, I'm thinking about the word nice being included here, and that's such a great thing to hear. Um, what are the top three things to consider when establishing a new culture or, or transforming the culture of your organization? I think we've been talking about it. Transparency, first and foremost, communication consistently, uh, and then really uh, sort of monitoring yourself, checking yourself, ensuring that you're having conversations around progress and how to continue to advance that progress with each quarter, with each year. Um, to me, those are the three things. And, and I would just add a, a couple pieces. One is you don't have to be a leader to, you, you do not need to be an expert to be a leader in the DEI space. You don't have to be an expert in, in uh, uh, ec- diversity, equity, or inclusion. You are you are hired for your job as a leader because you're an expert in something else probably other than DEI. But there is an expectation that you have some level of understanding. And there are many times, if I share with leaders all the time, that you've been asked to lead something that you weren't the expert You were asked to lead the committee on strategic planning or on a finance implementation or, 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 or. This is just another thing that you're not an expert in that you're being asked to be the leader of or to lead the conversation around. The second is to start with an assessment that directly assesses the ability of the leaders to lead inclusively. Most assessments now are counting things in people. How many different folk do we have walking around, running around, being successful? How long do they stay? Are they happy with us as leaders? Are they happy with the organization? Are they saying nice things? Okay, that's nice. There's nothing wrong with that. Let's add to that whether or not we have inclusive leaders and they know how to lead inclusively. So if they don't, we can fill those gaps. Not so we slap them around and say, you're a terrible person. Get out of here. We can help them identify the gaps they have. Last one, my third one, is to settle in for the long haul. This It took us a long time to get right here. 
And it's going to take us a little bit of time to, to stop this cruise ship from going one direction and start to slowly turn it to go the direction we, we want it to. That means when it comes to resources and expectations, settle in. So you lead me right into another question, Dr. Pogue, which is how have DEI initiatives evolved over the last several years and how do you expect this to continue to change in the future? And, of course, the question for both of you. Well, to kick it off, I would say that there was a time, and let's call it the DEI 1.0 environment, where a lot of the uh, energy was coming from the ground up. There's this grassroots push to change organizations, and a lot of it came from our ERG friends, a lot of it came from outside organizations, et cetera, and sometimes environmental issues. In, in, in tomorrow or today's environment, tomorrow's environment, leaders have to be more engaged, either because they've recognized the critical need for their leaders to lead, as I've mentioned before, or they've been pushed in the corner by cooperation with different organizations or entities or the competition. You want to be relevant in tomorrow's environment, you might want to be a seriously inclusive leader so you can go out and get the best talent from the corner of every world. The last part is I say boards will also be shifting. I am pushing organizations hard to create a seat for a diversity professional as opposed to going out and looking for a professional who happens to be diverse and asking them to be your diversity expert. It is unfair. It is absolutely unfair that because somebody shows up wrapped in an interesting skin or they have an interesting lifestyle, interesting background, for them to be the voice of diversity when, by golly, you were hired to be a finance person or a lawyer or HR person or marketing. I need your marketing mind. You just happen to be wrapped in some interesting skin. How about we go get a diversity professional and put them on the board and demand of them that they give us the best of their knowledge? I think that these are the kinds of things that need to be happening, perhaps not over the next several years, over the next year-ish, or less. It's reassuring to see that more organizations today have an honest commitment to this work and to their journey. We need all organizations to be there, but I do think the organizations that are most successful in winning top talent, truly have an honest commitment to DEIA and have put the resources behind it to ensure that it's a part of every conversation they have and the totality of their culture. I always feel this is an important question, but I feel like more than ever in this podcast, it's an important one, and that is anything you want to add as we begin to wrap up, because there's so much to unwrap here, and I feel you're both such a wealth of knowledge on this topic. So anything you want to add? Um, well, I guess I'll go first and, and say that I I think that one of the things I land on often, whether it's a keynote from a stage or a coaching session or otherwise, is to say something like this. It, if the same challenge was placed in front of our children at a, in, a, in a childlike sort of model, how would we ask them to behave? There's a group of different looking kids over there and you want to play with them. What would we tell our kid to do? We'd say, go over there and introduce yourself. Give it a shot. Well, they may not like me. Okay, you'll figure that out when you get over there. Well, they didn't want to share the ball with me. Well, ask, did you say, did you, did you say please? Were you polite? So, We've heard this phrase before, everything you needed to learn, you learned in kindergarten. There's just a professional version of it. And we need to get into to that space. Go over there and ask me play with the ball. Go over there and say, how do I get better at playing with the ball? You all do, what is this cricket thing? I play baseball. How do you play cricket? What are the rules? I want to I wanna play. I want to be good at it. So act like you're a child, and chances are you're headed in the right direction. Every leader has a responsibility to ensure that 
they are creating the truly most inclusive organization they can. And they need to ensure that not only are they telling their organization's story, they need the entirety of the organization to share their excitement around the organization's story. Perfectly said. Perfect way to cap this off. And I thank you both for joining us today and sharing such great insight into the current state of diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives and the importance of establishing an inclusive culture. Uh, Gentlemen, really grateful for your time today. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us, Rob. Any Anytime. That's all the time we have here today. Alongside James Pogue of JP Enterprises and Jim Zaniello of Vetted Solutions, I'm Rob Adams, and this has been Talent Talks.